do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Cubicalist. Is a word. This show is like a journal of all the media I have consumed. I pour it forth from the dusty attic of my brain into the internet so that it does not sit up there, molder, mold, moldify. I like Molder better. Molder and slowly drive me insane. <laughs> Excuse me. If you have uh, not experienced some of the media I have listed in the description yourself, the possibility exists that things may be quote unquote spoiled for you. So I warn of that possibility. <laughs> In a sort of uh, spoiler warning, you might call it, and I hope you will, because that's what it is. Lastly, something I used to do, but haven't in a very long time, because I sort of gave up on the idea, but since this is an episode ending in a zero, which means you will have two weeks off to get caught up on previous episodes, I will do this, which is, if you go to the podcast on itunes rate it five stars and write something in the comments i will read just about anything in your review as this is something that other podcasts do which seems to have garnered them uh, some five star reviews which is uh, you know a nice thing i suppose right right uh, okay, I, I guess uh, without further ado, I will push a button that will start a series of five five-minute timers like this. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. Monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Leg Growth Pills. Skip leg day with leg growth pills. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, Deadpool 2, I finally saw. I saw it while I was at Fan Expo, which is a little bit of an uh, interesting thing in that uh, from your perspective, if you are listening to this, was uh, some episodes back, I do believe. Uh, you can listen to my special Nerd Kane Adventures uh, uh, Fan Expo Toronto 2018 episode uh, by going back and listening to that. There's also, if you go to uh, YouTube, I have it and all the hundreds... Yes, that's right, plural. Pictures of uh, of various cosplayers that I took uh, while there holding a cane for some reason. 
Okay, so a uh, self-plug complete. Let's now plug Deadpool 2 and plug it because it was a very good movie that I very much enjoyed. I think I can easily give it a 5 out of 5. Continues on uh, from the first one in that it's more of the same, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. I don't really know how to compare the two in terms of are they... What are the differences between the two? Like, the story, obviously, is, is different, but kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, you can plug and play a little bit, and uh, I don't think you would be too disappointed with the results, question mark. Uh, this has got Cable by uh, Josh Brolin, which is, I think he did a fine job. Um, Domino, yeah, she stole the show a little bit. I really liked her. Zazie Beats, oh, I like that name. Yeah, really liked her uh, and liked that idea of as a character. I had heard of that character before and sort of knew the whole luck thing, but seeing it in action and very much in action uh, was was cool to behold. How someone who's just very very lucky can do f amazing things in a world of superheroes. It doesn't sound like the coolest power, but uh, yeah. Like, how would, like, a, like a Superman, uh, you know, beat someone who's just incredibly lucky? I don't know. I don't know. But it's, uh, it, it's cool. You know, what, what is the range of our luck? That's, uh, that's a question I have. Okay, uh, let's move on, uh, to Take Your Pills. Take Your Pills. Uh, every era gets the drug it deserves. In America today, where competition is ceaseless from school to the workforce and everyone wants a performance performance edge Adderall and other prescription stimulants are the defining drugs of this generation yeah um, mostly focusing on Adderall specifically but all the sort of uh, ADD ADHD drugs that kids get in order to have them focus now uh, movie I'll give like a four it was very very good a good good doc good Netflix created doc I'm seeing here um, the sort of main number one takeaway that is most fascinating about this, which I wish they focused a little bit more on, uh, and the, the, one of the interesting things of this in general, actually, now that I think about it, is they didn't talk too much about the negative side effects of these drugs. Like, they really, uh, if, if you cut out of this, you know, how long was this movie? One hour and 27 minutes. So say I cut out 27 minutes of this movie, it could have been a fucking commercial for Adderall. Like, they didn't focus too much on the side effects, which there is obviously a lot. But uh, regardless of side effects, the cool number one takeaway is that these drugs don't actually make you better at the work. So say I want to study to be a doctor. If I take this pill, I'm not going to be a, a better doctor. Uh, I'm not going to be better at studying to become a doctor, but my brain will think that it's doing better at studying. So that's the sort of fascinating thing I, I took away. The, these pills don't actually make you better. They make you think you're better, which uh, has to be sort of dangerous. But that being said, they do work in the sense that you're going to be able to focus on things. So... Uh, I, I sort of think back to my time in uh, college. I went to college to be a, a library technician, which is sort of just the pre-librarian, I guess you could say. Uh, and I wonder if I had I had drugs like this, uh, if I would have like done better in school sort of thing. Because I have trouble focusing on squirrels. Uh, moving on to Insidious, colon, The Last Key. 
Oh, a scary monster with keys for fingers? Yes, this is in the Insidious franchise. Um, these movies are fine. They're, this one in particular, I, I would say, didn't find too, too scary, which I guess if you are watching a horror movie you might be looking for. Um, but, uh, but I did enjoy it. Rating-wise, I'll go like a, a two and a half to three. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, three is for had enjoyment while watching but wouldn't watch again. Uh, so this is maybe even a little under that, but but it was fine. It was a fine little. Uh, you get what you expect, which is you know what a movie should be, I guess. Uh, last but not least, since you heard we're out of time, so uh, I won't devote too much, which is actually a good thing, just for the reason that uh, I don't often bring stand-up comedy back to movie monologues to talk about for the reason that how do you talk about a stand-up comedy special uh, a man or woman got up on stage and told jokes they were funny or maybe they weren't funny in some cases uh this one i did want to bring back for the former reason they were funny uh and it is uh bert kreischer colon secret time yes uh bert kreischer man seeing him just everywhere on the internet lately and uh, i don't think it's a bad thing because he's sort of a strange combination of uh, something I don't like, which is like the, the guy dude bro, which he, he at a sort of an outward glance without knowing anything about him, if you just sort of saw him and heard him say some things for a couple of minutes, you might think he is. But then deep down, he's much more than that, which is sort of fascinating. And, uh, and, and I think the reason I like that is because I kind of look like a like a cis white male trump supporter fucking guy do bro as i often call them uh but i'm really really not once you talk and get to know me and i think burt kreischer has a little bit of that as well so i like that and plus uh, his stand-up was uh, was really like i i laughed out loud multiple times which is what you're looking for in a stand-up so i'd give it like a four maybe even some five out of five moments in this stand-up special so uh check that out why don't you? Television talk. Today's television talk sponsor is the Mangala Effect. Thank you for your sponsorship for this television talk in which we're talking television of course specifically the x-files season 11 one one wow they did it they did it i think uh i should have looked into it i think is season uh 12 in the works yeah it's man it, it's nice to have these uh, guys back i i really enjoy a little david Duchovny and jillian anderson actually in the uh nerd cane adventures i mentioned at the top of the show i did manage to at one point meet jillian anderson got her autograph on said nerd cane things are all coming together uh have not met david Duchovny, but would like to because he seems like a, a nice dude Anyways, we're not here to talk about the niceness of the stars of the television show X-Files as much as we'd like to. Um, we're here to talk about X-Files Season 11. Now, they did uh, something which I think I like. It's kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, for the most part of these 10 episodes. The first episode and the last episode are what are 
carrying forward the quote-unquote main story, the main thrust of this um, season. It's kind of how you can look at it. And there's little things that'll happen in each episode, and maybe some episodes will focus on these main quote-unquote, these quote-unquote main story ideas, uh, whereas other ones will be sort of standalone episodes. And to be 100% Amish with you, I quite often like the standalone ones more. Uh, I think it's safe to say, especially the ones that have a bit of a comedic bent to them. Those are always my favorite ones. Uh, something about uh, David Duchovny, he, he does comedy very, very well. It's too bad he only made that one, uh, as far as I know, comedy movie. The had like the weird uh, evolution, was it called? Uh, I forget what it was called. But the, but that was, a, I feel like, an underrated movie. And just mentioning it makes me want to watch it. Uh, the other thing that this season does, which I guess is not too surprising, it's got a bit of a uh, Black Mirror feel to some of the episodes. Particularly, there was a uh, artificial intelligence one. Uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at the episode title of that one, and it's RM9SBG93ZXJZ. This is the title of that episode, <laughs> where the other ones are like, Kitten, Ghoulie. This. Oh, that's an interesting title. Um, yeah, that that one was one of the, the somewhat comedic ones, but also scary because you can picture what happens to them in that episode being not 100% far-fetched, uh, where AI decides it doesn't like them, <laughs> basically, is sort of the underlying theme of that one, uh, and just starts uh, like messing with them. Uh, including drones. Yeah, drones. Oh, man. I, I, I seem more and more to be watching things where drones are not being nice because uh, I'm in the middle of watching the 100 uh, and there's also dr- not nice drones in that. Anyways, um, uh, I would say that the interesting thing as well is that uh, it introduces or the, that sort of main story focuses on the son of Scully who's got uh, superpowers, he's X-Men-like in many regards, which is interesting, having mentioned in Deadpool their powers and such. His uh, revolve around uh, making people uh, see what he wants them to see. Um, so, so that's kind of a cool thing. You can look however you look. Um, good for hiding, which is uh, something he has to do a lot because many people are trying to find and capture slash kill him because his blood either is the catalyst or the cure. I was never really 100% sure on that um, for a disease that could wipe out all humanity. An alien disease, I should specify, for the reason that he has alien DNA. Oh boy, yeah. So uh, that that's sort of the main story. Uh, it's, I'm just looking at some of the small town Kentucky Skinner. Oh yeah, there was a good Skinner focused episode. Okay, uh, rating yes, uh, five out of five, easy for the season as well to get a five out of five. Today's book banter sponsor is Hermes Laxatives. Fast acting, needless to say. 
Okay, uh, today's book is Mythos, colon, The Greek Myths Retold by Stephen Fry. Ah, lovely. Uh, I've read quite a few Stephen Fry, mostly in the uh, uh, autobiography sort of vein. Um, this one took a different turn in that he is, as the title suggests, retelling the Greek myths in his own uh, amazing, I will say, way. Uh the uh, the missuses, or I suppose my actually in-laws, went to see uh, Stephen Fry. He also did this as like a one-man show, and I guess it was over the course of uh, uh, a weekend or something like that in Niagara Falls, Niagara on the Lake. Uh, when I found out about that, I was disappointed because I would have liked to go. Uh, so when I uh, sort of looked into it. Uh, to see if he was going to be coming back or maybe hopefully coming to Toronto would have been cool so I could see it. I found out this was actually also a book. So I got myself a copy right away. Uh, let me read the Goodreads, which will maybe give us a, a good uh -huh, idea of what uh, the book is all about. The Greek myths are the greatest stories ever told, passed down through millennia, inspiring writers and artists as varied as Shakespeare, Michelangelo, James Joyce, and Walt Disney. They are embedded deeply in the traditions, tales, and cultural DNA of the West. In Stephen Fry's hands, the stories of the Titans and gods become brilliantly entertaining, become a brilliantly entertaining account of ribaldry and revelry, warfare and worship, debauchery, love affairs and life lessons, slayings and suicides, triumphs and tragedies. You fall in love with Zeus, marvel at the birth of Athena, wince at Cronus and Gaia's revenge on Orionus, uh, weep with King Midas, and hunt with the beautiful and ferocious Artemis. Thoroughly spellbinding, informative, and moving, Stephen Fry's mythos perfectly captures these stories for the modern age in all their rich and deeply human relevance. I... Whoever wrote that, I liked that a lot, and it was fun to read, just like, huh, segue, this book was. <laughs> uh, I just see this is number one. Yeah, I wonder if there's going to be more. I kind of hope there is, because uh, one thing I was looking forward to, uh, I'm a big uh, Hercules fan, uh, was in the form of Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, not not the person, because I hear he's a bit of a, a religious uh, nut now. Anyways, uh, don't need to get into that, which is one of the reasons I like Stephen Fry, actually. He's the opposite of a religious nut. Uh, in that he's an atheist. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, he, he never in this book uh, makes it to sort of talking about uh, Hercules and stuff. That being said, he starts at the quote unquote the beginning of uh, with the Titans and and basically how the world started from the the point of view of these myths, and it is fascinating. And uh, the cool thing about this as well is that you will recognize a lot of what he's talking about just from like culture and. Uh, quite often he will make parallels of things in modern day uh, and, and like naming conventions. That was another sort of cool thing where uh, the names of things we have today, the amount of things that come from these myths that we currently are using the names of today is sort of fascinating as well. Um, all in all, he takes things that if you were to actually read the myths from other more, not more, I was going to say more... Uh, not educational, like more, uh, not literate. I don't know the word I'm looking for. Um, if you were to read them from different drier sources, more 
intellectual is not the right word sources uh, probably wouldn't pull you in as much as this because he adds his own little flair to these stories as if he's telling them to us to uh, modern age as it says there uh rating wise i think it's can i give it a five out of five uh, i think i can um you know what I'll, I'll do this i'd like to give convoluted ratings because ratings are dumb uh i'll give it a five out of five assuming that you like the subject of greek myths if you don't you will give it less aha convoluted Today's game, Gavin sponsor is Sebastian Brand Electrolysis Chairs. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I have two games for this game, Gavin. Uh, we've got The Evil Within and Neo Scavenger. Uh, let's do ratings right off the bat so I don't forget, because that's what happens if I don't do that. Uh, the Evil Within, so go like a three point and change a three point and change uh neo scavenger will go closer to a four <laughs> i love me a convoluted rating uh the evil within i played the first 10 ish minutes of uh geez gotta be like a while back let's just say maybe more than a year ago even and uh for some reason i think it was i purchased it during some sort of steam sale and uh like had a lot waiting so i i didn't really get into it um but then having realized that uh, as i was sort of cleaning up old games basically uh, one of the things i like of steam is that you could see how long you've played games so i had this installed and it, it was showing that like i played i don't know maybe half an hour and i'm like uh, i don't feel like that's enough time to have played this game to have given it enough you know, to see if I liked it or not. Uh, so I went back in and uh, played it for quite a bit longer and uh, ended up actually enjoying it a fair amount. Uh, one of the things I was sort of surprised, surprised about, one of the things I was surprised about is the creation of the word surprised, which does not exist. One of the things I was surprised about this game was the fact that quite often I am not good at playing the scary games because literally my heart gets pumping and I start sweating and it's an uncomfortable feeling due to, well, let's just say it, fear. Yeah, I'm afeard of these games. There's something about watching a scary movie is fine, television show, whatever, uh, book even, read, read most Stephen King books in fact. Um, if those are in fact scary, sometimes they're not obviously, um, but something about playing a scary game, I think it's the interactivity is, is the most likely culprit of why the fear amps up so much. Um, but this one more psychological than jump scary, I think for the most part, uh, which is why I, I was able to actually get into it a little bit and didn't have to turn it off because of the fear sweats. Uh, so for that reason, I'd give it a higher mark, like a four-ish you know, somewhere in the four-ish area. Um, so you play this guy who's, uh, I don't know really what's happening. It's, it's got a definite Japanese crazy story vibe, which I love, like a, a Resident Evil-esque 
uh, what's happening, what's, what's going on around me. Uh, I, I don't get it. <laughs> it's creepy vibe. Uh, it's so hard to explain. Explaining stories of Japanese horror games should be a podcast onto itself, let's say. So let's move on to Neo Scavenger. Uh, yeah, this this one's interesting. Um, turn base. Okay, well, let me just see. Uh, let me read the gameplay. And uh, uh, Neo Scavenger is a post-apocalyptic outdoor survival simulation. Yeah. Okay, that's accurate. The player controls a character through a series of turns. Yeah, so it's turn-based. Also, uh, the map is isometric, as it's saying here. So it's a. Uh, um, you're moving from one in a grid from one thing to another uh, and as you're moving different things will sort of pop up that you can interact with um uh, and, and one of the the i was gonna say scary things i, I guess that's a, a leftover from the evil within one of the scary things uh is, is that when you die you die <laughs> that's it uh you gotta start back at the beginning basically you wake up in a lab uh, and then you're sort of making your way out into the world and you have to, you guessed it, survive. Um, there's a skill tree where uh, there's, geez, got to be like a, a dozen plus uh, skills to choose from. And each one has a different weight and you only have so much points that you can spend. So you're going to be good at some things and not good at all at other things and depending on what you're good at is going to determine uh how you do in certain situations uh rating wise i go like a four for that as well uh, and i actually plan probably on going back every once in a while it's a game i think you could pick up and play so i liked it Today's internet intercourse sponsor is... I didn't write one. I mean, I didn't get one. Let's say, um, flamethrowers. Yeah, it's flamethrowers. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get a sponsor for this. Yeah, that's what I meant. Not that I didn't write one, because that would mean I make them up. Uh, item the first is the Joe Rogan experience with guest Elon Musk. Yes, from my perspective, this happened a day or two ago. From yours, it will be longer ago for the reason that I am able and want to record these beforehand. So I have them backed up a little bit. So if I want to take a week off, I am able to. That's behind the scenes action I'm giving you there. Uh, okay, yeah. Say what you will about both Joe Rogan and Elon Musk, but this was definitely an interesting interview, needless to say, and caused many stirs in many fields of the internets and the financials. Um, they smoked weed and drank whiskey, just as an example of things that happened during this interview. And uh, Elon didn't so much smoke as inhaled a bit into his mouth and then immediately blew it out again, so... The, the fact that people freaked out, A, that he's smoking a substance that's less harmful than the whiskey he was drinking and also actually didn't, <laughs> is, is sort of dumb. Uh, the other sort of fascinating thing about this is, I, I guess because these two together is such a big story, uh, I sort of have come to learn that for some reason a lot of people 
don't like Joe Rogan and Elon Musk. I always sort of thought they were just well-liked people, but then you see things online of, of, of people like really spewing the hate. Um, th there's sort of two possibilities. That was a hate of these two that I just had never experienced or seen on the internet before, or the fact that suddenly they are thrust into the limelight uh, means that inevitably the internet pointing towards them will, with its uh, internet-y hatred, uh, be more prevalent because it's just there. And that's just the thing. If, if you're on the internet, the more you're on the internet, the more internet hate you will get. It's just sort of simple math. Uh, I, I don't really know. And I, I actually on uh, just, did I do it on a couple? Uh, I think I just did it on one or two maybe. I, I like asked from a genuine, not being snarky, like a, a genuine curiosity. And, and I even tried Googling, why do people not like Joe Rogan? Why do people not like Elon Musk? And I was able to find some things, but, uh, but, I, but I don't know if I really found enough to elicit hatred. Maybe dislike. Maybe uh, the, this person uh, I disagree with, but but outright hatred. I, I feel you need someone like a like like a Trump, for example, to elicit that sort of hatred. Someone who is actually actively doing wrong to the world. <laughs> Whereas these two, I I, I don't see that. I, I disagree that, uh, especially in the case of Elon, uh, I, I I feel like he wants to do good. Sometimes the pressures and the interacting with people on Twitter means he doesn't, but I, but I believe that he wants to. And with Joe Rogan, uh, the same thing. I, I believe he wants to do good for the world. He wants to learn about things. He wants to experience things. Um, he wants to hear both sides of subjects, which I think is one of the most important things, uh, to hear both sides of a subject and be interested and not immediately say, ah, that, that, that person's dumb because of their thoughts. Uh, listen to that person's thoughts. So uh, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, they spoke of AI, which was fascinating and um, horrifying. <laughs> uh, the Boring Company Flamethrower Simulation. Oh yeah, how we're possibly, and some may even say likely, all living in a simulation. That's a, a fascinating idea I'd love to talk to someone about. Um, and, and just all in all, an interesting two and a half hour conversation so you know what's wrong with that what's wrong with that moving on to steampunks uh yeah this has been around for a little bit now it's with uh, edmund tran and just mcdonough just mcdonough who you may know from geez this podcast I, I was trying to think uh i think possibly from the very beginning of this podcast i have been saying nice things of just madonna uh she works for GameSpot. um she does things on their game uh so on their youtube channel uh she is incredibly beautiful but but also so incredibly knowledgeable of video game stuff and just a a good talker you might say uh and and just anything she does uh i will always be a fan of and uh this included which is uh revolves around things on steam um because i am a big fan of steam the platform uh and they sort of go deep into it in terms of not just talking about the most uh the most recent released triple a game they'll, they'll sort of go down the steam rabbit hole a bit and bring stuff back which uh which i, I think is a valuable service as well so thank you for both of you uh i i love the show and i hope it continues on 
Uh, last but not least, I uh, since we're out of time, I'll have to speed through a bit. Uh, a new podcast, yeah. Uh, been on the lookout for D&D non-play podcast. Uh, and one that I recently came across is called Dual Wielders. Dual, as in two. Wielders, as in wielders. Uh, so basically it's uh, dudes. And they do something that I have done a lot of, and that is create uh, Dungeons and Dragons characters. Um, something about it. Like, I have tentative plans. Like, I don't go to the degree or haven't very often gone to the degree where, where I'd, like, fill out character sheets. Oh, yeah, I should say this is going to be D&D heavy, and I probably won't explain some of the things I'm saying. So if you don't know D&D... You could not listen to this part. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, I, I don't obvious, uh, I, I don't often fill out full character sheets and create them that way. I'll just sort of have, uh, like I have a, uh, a Google Doc, uh, a Google Sheet rather, filled with like a hundred plus different character ideas. Uh, some of them are just combinations of races and classes that I think would be cool. Some of them um, a little more in-depth with like story RP ideas. But, uh, but it's just a fun thing to do. And, like, I've scoured the internet from various sources of, of cool races. Like, not just from the, the main books. Like, from Unearth Arcana. From uh, um, Dungeon Master's Guild. From uh, some third... Many, many different third-party sources. For example, the character I'm currently playing is a uh, fairy, fairy princess, <laughs> and by that I mean her race is fairy, and the class is fairy princess, <laughs> so just, like, coming up with, like, ideas like that, um, there's, there's one, uh, yeah, a, a scarecrow is the race, and the a class is ornithologist, and you'd be surprised, that sounds dumb, but both of those, both that race and class, you can find online, and they're actually surprisingly flushed out. Especially the ornithologist. Whoever came up with that must be a bird watcher lover. A bird watcher lover? Or just a, a lover of birds and watching them? Anyways, uh, so, yeah, back to the podcast. Sorry. Uh, the, the thing about talking D&D, &D, I, I feel like I'm easily... It's easy to go into tangents because my love for it has continued to grow and blossom. Uh, anyways, dual wielders... Uh, these guys take it to the next step where they're creating these characters and actually filling out character sheets. Uh, and then they're battling, quote unquote, to see which of the characters they created is better. Um, there's many different uh, uh, ways in which they're judging this and they have to sort of convince one another of what scores each of these uh, uh, different ways gets. It's between uh, uh, minus two to plus two zero included uh and then at the end they sort of tally other results and then the the winner gets the you know the thrill of victory let's say uh and, and they come up with some cool ideas and i really like it. it it's probably good if you either you you know why this is good i'll tell you why and we'll end on this there's two scenarios uh that this would be good for uh a and there's only two types of people i think a you uh, like coming up with characters um, for D&D, &D, so then you would like this because it's people coming up with cool characters. Or B, uh, 
you're not good and you don't like coming up with characters because you're not good at it and this will give you ideas for ways to come up with cool characters see that's why it's like a really perfect uh, perfect thing you you're one of those two things if you play D&D right uh so there you go folks hey we did it that was a fun episode i do believe and as we end this we end every episode by saying it's nice to be nice to the nice This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper